Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Mets fans, welcome back to Amazing Avenue Audio, the show. My name is Brian. With me, as always, is Chris. And uh, what a weird week, Chris. I don't even know what else to say besides that. Just what a weird week we've had. The last, yeah. the, the last it's, time it's we Wednesday, yes, <laughs> yeah, the last time we spoke, we had pretty much written the Mets off, even if you know statistically they were still obviously in it. We felt like there was no way the team could come back from the hole they had dug themselves into, and we felt like, you know, start thinking about the offseason. I'm not saying that I feel entirely differently now, but the Mets have won, depending how you stupidly look at it, three or four games in a row because of the whole <laughs> suspended game actually being an April business. Um you know, a controversy came and went, a new controversy popped up, and everything in Mets land just seems very unsettled right now. Is, is, is that a good word for it? Yeah, I think so. Uh, and man, there's a there's a lot to unpack with all of this, but compliments to SNY for properly framing the ridiculousness of the suspended game. Um, yes. But yeah, unsettled is a good word, I think. Um, somehow the Mets have found chaos in early September, or I guess they found it in late August. But but we find ourselves in early September. Yes, yes. So um, 
yeah, we've got a we got a few things to go through here. Um, most of which are not directly related to actual baseball. No, we should probably start with the most pressing bit of news, which is that at approximately 4 a.m. this morning, Mets acting general manager Zach Scott was arrested with a DUI in New York State. He was asleep at the side of the road in his vehicle. He refused a breathalyzer or a blood test and so was... um, was you know given a a field sobriety test and failed that the Mets released a statement saying they were disappointed and they're going to investigate this further he had spent the first part of the night at a fundraiser at Steve Cohen owner of the Mets his home uh but supposedly left there at around 9 p.m. and so for him to have still been drunk at 4 a.m. it seems like he must have gone someplace else after and continued his drinking um, this is of note because some reporters who I'm not going to do the dignity of naming were trying to make this that s- essentially Steve Cohen got him liquored up and let him leave his house and he should have taken his keys, etc., etc. He was at an event with a hundred people there. And I don't know if, I mean, the kind of event I'm picturing in a big mansion in Connecticut probably has multiple areas where you can get a drink, multiple bartenders. He was probably walking around working the room. I don't think it's any one person's responsibility to babysit someone at an event like that. Um, It's not like he was at Steve Cohen's house for dinner and Steve Cohen saw him stumbling out of the door and let him drive. This is not me carrying water for Steve Cohen. I I am happy to, to nail the guy out of the wall when he deserves it, but this seems like an absurd thing to pin on him. Uh, do you agree with that, Chris? Yeah, yeah, no, I think that that's a fair assessment, and ultimately, uh, it, it falls on Zach Scott. He's an adult, and uh, the details that we know so far would would seem to indicate that there was something in between that party and and when he got arrested. So yeah, I think I think that's fair. Can I can I read my mashup of Zach Scott quotes now? Can, can I make one caveat before this? Before yes, that? yes. We're going to be very hard on Zach Scott tonight, and we are not hard on him because it's clear that he has a drinking problem. And I want to make it clear that we are not judging people who have troubles with addiction. Addiction is a disease like anything else is a disease. This is not about us saying that He's a fuck up because if, if he, I mean, look, he could, this could be a one time incident. I don't know. If he has a drinking problem, we are not insinuating that he is lesser than because he's a drinking problem. I can speak for myself and I think I can speak for Chris that Chris and I have been in instances where we've had too much to drink and we've done stupid things. I have never gotten behind the wheel of a car drunk, thankfully, but I know lots of people who I would consider good people who have made that mistake, but I have done plenty of dumb shit while I was drunk. And this is not about, um, vilifying him for alcohol abuse, whether it's one time or ongoing. This is about the way he talked about his players and them taking responsibility for themselves and the hypocrisy therein. Sorry, I felt that we had to say that. Yeah, no, no, I, I think that's fair. Uh, but yes, portions of quotes from Zach Scott about players on his own team. Because these are all individuals 
uh, and control their own bodies. And sometimes they're not as compliant as they should be. That happens. No one with the organization would make the recommendation to handle it that way. Um, just two little excerpts from things that he said about his own players at different points of the season. Um, you, you, you can't go out and throw guys under the bus for, for that and the way that he's done. If this is also something that you're doing and, you know, one other caveat, he is at, at, the current point in time merely accused but everything that we know so far would indicate that uh, i don't know any reasonable individual would have a hard time believing that he was not in a very bad state um with his car you know at four in the morning um yes yeah i don't, I don't know you you just you can't have this holier than thou attitude and then have have this happen and and then just expect that okay yeah that that's going to continue to work you know um it's funny like in the moment i know people um i know some mets fans had had reacted more strongly to the you know the comments about conditioning and compliance uh, or compliance with what the Mets doctors and trainers were trying to get the players to do. Um, but to, for whatever reason, the, the rat or raccoon thing just bothered me a little bit more. I don't know. I don't know if that's misplaced on my part, but which part of the rat or raccoon thing, the, just the way that Scott, uh, so, so that's, you know, the, the part that I quoted, no one with the organization would make that right. Rec- uh, the recommendation to handle it that way. That was about that. Right. And I don't know. It was just, it's been a weird dynamic all season between this front office and the players. And I am not saying that you need to defend the player no matter what. Uh, some teams sometimes do that to, to a fault where it's a little too extreme in that direction. But I, I don't know. It's just you say these sorts of things in public and now you are the, the person who, of anybody on this roster or in this front office, nobody has done anything or has been accused of doing anything that rises to the level that he has. So to be the one who's, who's given those quotes and given those assessments of things um and then also be that person that is just not a combination that works and it uh, yeah i i don't know how else to put it it's just this process of hiring people to run the baseball side of things has been as bad as it can get from you know, pretty much day one of Steve Cohen's ownership. Yes. And I think that that is an important piece of this. Don't forget, almost nobody in their current positions in the Mets hierarchy are in the position that they were hired initially to be. 
Sandy Alderson was supposed to be the overall team president, and there was supposed to be a head of baseball operations under him. They couldn't find one, so Alderson is the head of baseball operations. Zach Scott was supposed to be an assistant general manager, but the general manager they hired was a sex pest and wound up getting fired, and so he became that. Luis Rojas was not the first choice for manager from either the previous ownership group or this ownership group. Everybody in this organization is operating out of position to a certain degree and that doesn't justify anything i think what that does mean is that it's much easier for cohen if he's so inclined to make sweeping changes across the organization this offseason i think that zach scott's job was probably already in jeopardy when you look at how the trading deadline went when you will see how the draft went you know, I, I think that guy's job was already on the line. You know, apparently Alderson had gone to him to remove the interim tag a few months ago, and Cohen said no. I, I think everybody thought Zach Scott would Zach Scott would remain within the organization, but at this point, I don't think that happens at all. Um, and you know, th- what's really frustrating to me about this is that so on Sunday and. and the, We're going to come back and talk about this other thing more in a second, but there was the whole controversy with Javier Baez and the thumbs down and Francisco Lindor and et cetera on Sunday. We'll come back to that in a second. But Sandy Alderson released a statement after that that basically said this will not be tolerated. There will not be anything that the team can do against the fans, and we will will sit down and talk with the team about this, but this is not going to be tolerated. And our friends on A Pot of Their Own did a really nice job last night covering this and what they said was basically alderson never came out and said something that strong when jared porter was fired for sexual harassment mm-hmm. they he, they never came out and said anything like that when they were looking to um you know when, when mickey calloway was accused of sexual harassment when you know the organization, Sandy Alderson, has, this is pretty much the strongest statement Sandy Alderson's ever made. And it wasn't made about Jose Reyes or Jerry's, Jerry's Familia having domestic abuse charges brought up against them. It wasn't, it wasn't for anything of any note. It was for a thumbs down motion that was supposed to be an inside joke. And if you read the Mets statement tonight about Zach Scott, it's the same thing. It's saying, we're disappointed by this and we're going to do a full investigation. They weren't going to investigate Baez and Lindor. They were just going to yell at them. But they're going to investigate Zach Scott, and that's some bullshit. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, it's uh, – something has to change. And I don't know. I, I Whatever the thought process was behind Porter Scott as, as sort of – the Mets way of bringing in, okay, a, a new baseball operation side of things. Um, something different than what we had seen under the Wilpons for all those years. Um, that's, uh, clearly, it's just not the answer. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I don't know. It's not like Sandy Alderson... Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's the Mets. There's so many layers to how fucked up things can get. It, <laughs> the way Sandy Alderson's first stint with the Mets came to an end was bullshit. And then he was not out of baseball, so it's not like he was out of touch 
Um, not that you, you would get a pass for being out of touch with the, the job that you're in, but I, I don't know. It's just, there's something weird about the change in ownership to me and saying, okay, uh, there's not, that that period when it was like, okay, Steve Cohen is going to buy the team. We know it's not finally approved. And we, you know, we know they sort of had to hit the ground running. Um, But Alderson was lined up before it was official. So I, I, I don't think they get a pass for having to rush to do these things. I think it was possible to line things up where it was basically a 99% likelihood that the sale would be approved. Uh, you know, you, you couldn't officially be running the Mets until you actually owned them, but it got treated that way. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it, it got treated yeah, as yeah. like, oh, they, they have to throw this stuff together and, and all that, and I just don't buy that. I think... I think I believe that they wanted a president of baseball operations who was not Alderson filling that role. And they failed to do that. But I don't think that the guys they hired were, you know, totally out of left field. I think they were guys who they had on their wish list. Yes. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I If they decide to part ways with Scott, then basically the entire new front office, uh, and I don't know, I don't even know the names of any of the new hires they've had who are lower in the ranks in the front office. Um, so it's not to disparage anybody else there, but the, the public facing ones that they hired uh, would objectively be like a a pretty bad failure. (laughs) Yes. I wonder if this is finally the time for my hometown pal, John Rico to step into a higher position within the Mets because he's been with the team now. Gosh, has to be 15 years, right? Close to that. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'd, I'd have to go back and look it up, but I mean, he was around for the, the Omar years, the Alderson years. Mm-hmm. The, he's pretty much the only guy who's the Brody been around. years. <laughs> he's the only guy who's been around the whole time, pretty much. Doesn't it sound wild right now to say that Brody Van Wagen was the general manager of the Mets for a period of time? <laughs> if yes. anybody, and and I, not to make light of uh, of the latest, you know, news that involves Zach Scott, but if anybody could just kind of feel like he could pretend he was never there. At this point, it's Brody. Yeah, our pal Brody Van Wagenen. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that more or less a complete teardown of this front office is necessary. And I mean, do you have any sense that Sandy Alderson is not going to be involved next year? Because I just feel like he, I feel like he and Alders, he and Cohen rather at least initially presented themselves as a as a team together you know they were going to work together on this do you see cohen keeping alderson around or has there just been too many fuck ups under his watch 
Uh, yeah, I know one of the things I've seen out there is people saying, you know, maybe they'll sort of have Alderson retire instead of getting fired. Um, mm-hmm. That seems like a fairly likely outcome right now. Right. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe he'll stick around and try to be a part of things. But, um, yeah, if it's if it's coming from Cohen's perspective, I think cleaning house would be the way to say, okay, now this is totally my operation. Even even though he has responsibility for the decisions they already made, but an attempt to say, all right, we we're bringing in, you know, several people, and uh, and starting fresh again. It's it's weird to think about the front office that way this soon after things changed, but here we are. I mean, it's funny because things changed in the winter of 2020, 2021, but things also changed in the winter of 2018, 2019, when Brody took over. And so this will be the third major front office shakeup in five years, which seems, even for the Mets, kind of unprecedented. Yeah. Yeah, that is, it's a lot. Yeah. Um, Last thing on the sort of Alderson, Zach Scott, uh, Cohen wavelength here. Do you think that? How can I say this? I'm trying. I'm trying to choose my words carefully here. Do you think that there is any chance that Alderson or Scott has their exact same job next year? Hmm. No. Nope. <laughs> I would think that one or both of them will have to have a demotion of some sort, if not if not an outright dismissal. Right. I just don't I it's so hard to wrap my mind around how many terrible things this front office has either set themselves up for or has happened to them this year. Between yeah. the draft fiasco and the, you know, Jared Porter fiasco and the Zach Scott fiasco now, and you know, almost not getting the Lindor extension done. Although we we will never know how much, how close that really came to not happening, right? Um, but it, it just seems to me like I, uh, one of our friends, Dave C, and uh, from from Mets uh, from Amazing Avenue, Dave uh, Capobianco, had said that. Pretty much everything Alderson has touched has been a disaster. And I said, well, I, I don't think that the free agency in the offseason was a disaster. I think when you look at that, when you look at Lindor and you look at guys like VR and Taiwan Walker, I, I think that you have to look at that and say, you know, that they handled that okay. You know, that, that they added more depth this season than they have in the past. But I think that the trade deadline can only be looked at as a disappointment, maybe not a disaster. You know, Baez obviously adds value to the team, but they needed other things they didn't get. The draft is an unmitigated disaster. I mean, just one of the worst, maybe the worst outcome that could have happened in the entire draft happened for the Mets. (laughs) Uh, And then their front office stuff has just been, you know, again, just unbelievably bad. And so I don't know if if you can say that his entire tenure since coming back has been a disaster, but I would say everything from opening day until now that the front office has touched 
they've more or less fucked up. And uh, that's that's saying something. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus well Let's talk about the other big event of this week, and that is um, the Javier Baez situation. So Baez and Lindor and Trevor May and uh, Kevin Pillar had all been seen flashing this thumbs down, you know, hand motion to each other uh, over the last few days when the Mets started hitting. And uh, Lindor, not Lindor, I'm sorry, Baez was asked about this during a press conference, and he explained, and I'm paraphrasing here, that you know, it doesn't feel good when uh, you're a player and you strike out and the fans boo you. So now when we do something good, we're going to boo the fans for not supporting us, essentially. And I think that no matter how, you, no matter what you think of the sentiment behind what he said, I think it's pretty clearly a dumb thing to say out loud to a reporter especially a room full of reporters, especially in New York, right? It's just, it's a, it's not, it's not a very smart thing to say. And there were varying levels of, um, let, let's, let's say from like polite disagreement to vein bursting outrage over these, over this, uh, this hand gesture Oh, yeah. And and uh, I I think most folks will guess where you and I uh, fall on this, which is to say, it was dumb probably, but not the world's biggest deal. But I mean, did you tell me Keith Olbermann was calling for the team to DFA them? Yes. Yeah, that is a thing that I saw. <laughs> what the hell? I mean, man? don't listen to Keith Olbermann's baseball opinions ever. As <clears throat> Ted Berg. Um, made clear years ago, but yes. yeah, that that was one of the reactions to it. What did you feel about it? So, <laughs> I I don't disagree with your point <clears throat> that it's not the smartest thing that any athlete has ever said on the record, especially. Um, I. I, I, I don't know. I thought it was kind of, I don't know, funny or great is the more appropriate word. <laughs> but there are some Mets fans who I would like to boo <clears throat> myself. Sure, yes. So, you know, is, is that the best thing for a player to imply? Probably not. But 
I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I heard it and I was like, this is going to piss off the kind of Mets fan who I wouldn't mind if it pissed off. Uh, and that, that goes back, and I, I think we talked about it on the show early in the season, Conforto getting booed, Lindor getting booed, you know, things like that that come up that you're just like, ugh, really? Like, we're, we're really doing this? Um, I remember the time, at that time, as those two were getting booed, uh, going back and, and reading and, and sort of correcting my own memory a little bit where I thought the Piazza boos were more centered around a, a short period of time after his arrival. Um, but going back and reading that they were things that, uh, or that was still going on um, after he was great later in that same season. And, and I don't know that backdrop for me, it's just, uh, I don't know. It's not how I want to be a fan. Um I have booed Mets players in person. Aaron Heilman comes to mind. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, I'm, I'm not saying that my, you know, my entire record as a fan is that I've never booed a Met. Uh, I booed Jose Reyes when he came back. Yeah, okay, that, there you go. That is that is different. You know that is <laughs> yeah, that is so. <laughs> that, you know, for non-baseball reasons. Um, and, and, you know, rightfully so, but, but yeah, uh, anyway, I saw it and I was like, oh, this is going to be good. Uh, and that to me was, uh, was worth it. You know, I was, I was mostly offline on Sunday, so I, I missed a lot of it as it was actually happening, but Same. on Monday, with the Mets being off, I, I saw every reaction, um, you know, at least in terms of the spectrum of reactions to it all. So, yeah, I, I thought it was kind of great, <laughs> you know, to borrow from the wisdom of Zach Scott. I don't know if that's how I would recommend handling the situation, but, uh, but yeah, so the fact that it played out the way that it did was just so perfect. And and I, I, the thing that uh, you should say, the thing that your friend uh, oh. sent to you, because it was perfect. <laughs> so my brother-in-law sent me a text that basically said, like, is this a fucking movie? Like right. it was, it was <laughs> insane because let's just lay it out. Right. So, so Baez gets shit on Sunday, no Mets game on Monday. Doesn't start on Tuesday, the day game, for for weird suspended game reasons, but comes into the game. In his second at bat, he comes up with two men on and two out in the bottom of the ninth with a team down by two. He dribbles an infield hit that he beats out through hustle. You know, if, he, if he had dogged it, he probably would have been thrown out for that play. Next batter is the ice-cold Michael Conforto, who dunks a ball down the left field line and Baez takes off, and you can tell he's going first to third no matter what on this. He's going to get the third base. And then the ball's booted in the outfield, and he comes around, and he scores. The guy who was the GOAT 24 hours before is now, 48 hours before, rather, is now the hero of the day. 
and is being celebrated by the entire Mets world. Uh, Gary Cohen had the call of a lifetime, you know, probably in in my mind, only second to his Bartolo Colon home run in terms of calling it. And, you know, he said, uh, turn those thumbs around, which is a, a great, great way to say it. Um, I, I, I was DMing with you on Slack. I was recapping the game, and I said my headline was going to be stick your thumbs up your asses if, if they win and Baez <laughs> wins. And uh, Baez, they, they did it, so I used that. But turn those, turn those uh, thumbs around is a much more elegant way to say what I said. Um, but, you know, I, I think it was – it was a great way to put this to an end. I think that almost everybody in the situation acted poorly and acted less than they sh- acted worse than they should have acted. And so, for it to, to end with ever with the entire confluence of events the way it did, it's just it's just too perfect. It's great. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it is exactly what you want out of baseball once that story starts that way there is no better way for it to end than that um so very specifically there were like five people at the day game but (laughs) three of them showed up to be very emphatic about booing and thumbs downing and bringing signs that were racist anti well yeah that one one blatantly racist um, implying that <clears throat> Mets fans own Francisco Lindor's hair. That's a that's that's another level from the normal bullshit. But you know, some people went there very specifically to you know enthusiastically boo and hate on Baez and 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 some of them Lindor. Um. But, you know, Baez was really the target of it all. So the fact that those same fans had to cheer for him at the end of the game was just so, so great. Perhaps the the most hilarious irony to me is less than 48 hours after Sandy Alderson made a shitty comment, released a shitty statement about Baez, he was on his hands and knees in the infield grass looking for Baez's earring that came out during the play. Just literally on his hands and knees for the man that he uh, blasted a day and a half earlier. Yeah. Just, I don't even, you you can't write it better than this. You really can't. Um, I don't even, I don't even know what else to say about it. I'm just so glad it's over. The whole the whole situation i'm so glad it's over yeah yeah i know um even without the zach scott news the that cycle closed so some of those hottest takes that were written or spoken or whatever in in the time in between the sunday win or or really the the post game comment but still the time between Sunday's Mets day and then Tuesday afternoon, um, you know, those, those things are going to look a little more silly than they already did. Some of them. Yes. 
it also goes to show you that it takes an awful lot for a story to stick around in baseball for more than just a couple of days. Because, I mean, the, the thumbs down thing was the biggest story, not just in the Mets world, but in baseball on Sunday and Monday. It was huge. And now it's just, and now it's just over. Now it's just gone. Right. Yeah. No, with an emphatic uh, exclamation point from, from Gary Cohen to close it out. And yes, I already complimented SNY on, on their uh, handling of the suspended game. You know, the ridiculousness that was completely independent of the thumbs down saga. But, uh, but if you didn't, for whatever reason, uh, listen to Gary, Keith, and Ron, but it was really Gary who led that conversation about all of it during that game before it got to the crazy ending. Um, you know, we, we we tweeted this from the Amazing Avenue account too, but like it, it, Gary really put more thought into it and tried to provide perspective, I think from all angles uh, in a way that nobody else did. And he did it while calling a baseball game. And, uh, you know, I, I don't agree with 100% of the things that Gary says. Uh, you know, every once in a while, he'll, he'll dabble in some things that are, um, you know, maybe not exactly the way that I think about baseball. But he, he like, that was a master work for me in baseball broadcasting, in providing... I don't know, just a a very thoughtful analysis of the situation and and breaking it down. And then that, that passionate call at the end of the game. Um, I, I, we're, we're just lucky that we get to experience that as Mets fans, because I can't imagine another booth in baseball being able to do all of that. Um, in the span of one game. So when Gary it, Cohen goes into the Hall of Fame, which he should one day. Oh yeah. This game will be the centerpiece of that of that Hall of Fame induction. Yeah, and I think uh, it, you know, even within that discussion, maybe not every single point was one that everybody agreed with, but it was to me, the most honest effort that anybody made to try to figure it out and try to put it into something that made sense. Um, and yeah, I, the, the reason I even brought it up was if for some reason you didn't hear that, you know, if you were stuck as a day game, uh, you know, the majority of people work during a weekday. Um, so if you were on radio or whatever, or just, weren't tuned in you know the Mets have been kind of a shit show lately so (laughs) if you weren't tuned in uh, nobody's judging you for that either but if you can get back and just listen to that discussion uh I highly recommend it and um yeah yeah no and in that sense we were reminded of what good fortunes we do have as Mets fans because you know other parts of the team aren't necessarily that way. No. Um, you know, what was so hard a couple of weeks ago 
was when the I, I guess was Gary on vacation at the same time as Ron. So we got Gary Thorne with Keith Hernandez for a couple games. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, I think so. And yep. like, and look, I I love Keith as much as the next guy, but Gary Thorne and Keith do not have the same um chemistry that Gary Cohen and Keith have. And those games were so miserable. And I just kept thinking, I just want my Gary Cohen back. He's just He's the best. And while we're on the topic of great announcers, I know that your opinion and mine of Howie Rose has not been the highest as of late. He's been a very grouchy announcer lately. But we should send well wishes to Howie, who is dealing with an undisclosed medical issue and will miss the rest of the season due to a surgery. So uh, get well soon, Howie. And hopefully when you come back, the Mets will frustrate you less. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no. um, You know, in, in, in... Trips down to Port St. Lucie and a uh, couple other occasions, you know, over the years at City Field, um, you know, whether it's me or you or both of us or other folks from past years at Amazing Avenue, um, you know, we've gotten to talk to Howie and, and look, uh, nobody in the game on radio is better than him at you know, play by play, at least on the English side of things. Uh, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it, that is not something that we take for granted. Um, you know, I, I, I hope all goes well, of course. And uh, it, it's, it's going to be weird to spend the month of September, especially if the Mets start to make things interesting again. And to be in, uh, you know, in a car and like, oh, yep, Howie's not there, you know? Yeah. Um, that That's a weird thing to consider. Uh, yeah. I'm also curious what the Terry Collins experience on radio is going to be like. Wait a minute. I didn't hear about this. Terry's going to be doing radio? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, what? Anthony DiComo. Yes. Um uh, I so Anthony Tacoma wrote about you know the fact that Howie was going to need uh, to miss basically the, the the last month and and maybe more if the Mets somehow make the playoffs, um, and he he tweeted a very I don't know vague general like thing about the article that he wrote about it and at, at the end buried was the gem which was that. The plan was that Wayne, you know, will be in the booth and then be working with a rotating cast of people, including Terry Collins. So obviously I, I would expect that Wayne would do uh, play, play by play, play. For, the, yeah. for the entire game. But still, there will be Mets games broadcast. I don't know if it'll be one or two or ten. I, I don't know exactly what it is, but we're going to get to hear... Terry Collins calling a Mets game on the radio. And that to me is like must tune in or at least must go back and listen. Yes. If if you got to watch the game on TV. I'm speechless here. I mean, (laughs) I don't don't even know what to say. If Wayne Randazzo does not bring up, if he doesn't use the word jackpot in the first broadcast with Terry sitting next to him, then uh, he will have failed. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, uh, wow. Wow. This is, uh, my brain does not know what to do with this information, but I love it. <laughs> I can't wait to see what this is going to be like. <laughs> um, so, anyway, that that's this week in Mets craziness. Let's hope that next week is going to be just a less... Just a less traumatic week for the Mets, and 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 for everyone else, you know. Let's let's um. Let's hope that everybody is just on their best behavior, playing good baseball, and that's that. That's all we need. All right. Yeah. Chris, what is your music pick for this week? <laughs> My pick. I will point out that we aside. We'll talk about actual men's baseball next week. I hope. I hope. Yeah, we, we basically spent 30 seconds on men's baseball this week. But here we are. <laughs> ah, and uh, it, so the album I'm recommending this week uh, is an artist who I only first recommended recently. And if you listen to this show, you know I'm a repeat recommender. Um, once I, I don't know, get into a band, I'm fairly committed to that. So as a recent Steve Gunn uh, fan from back in, I think it was July. It might have been the first episode in August, but it was, you know, it was late July that I had listened to one of his albums and, and really liked it. <clears throat> and then I didn't even realize uh until friday morning this past week that steve gunn had another album coming out and it's called other you and i listened to it right away because you know this is somebody who uh who's been around and and i think i said this when i recommended the previous record sort of adjacent to a lot of other music that i like uh, and I, I've only listened to the record once so far, but it was it was great. It was it was just great. And uh, I don't know. It's it's interesting to me. I'd still say that I lean toward, uh, as an upstate friend put it, energetic music <laughs> more often than not. But there's just something about the way that this guy makes calmer music uh, that that it just works for me. So, um, yeah, came out last Friday. Other you, uh, it's a little shy of an hour long, which is uh, I don't know. On average, that's probably a, a longer record these days. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, liked it a lot. Going to have the uh, the the opportunity to see him play presumably a lot from this record, and then uh, you know some of the other stuff that I may or may not even be familiar with uh, in late September at the Outdoor Woodsist Festival, um, which unfortunately means that I will not be able to make the dollars for dingers in person uh 
celebration of a part of their own for for you know the great show that they are um and the fundraising drive for the national domestic violence hotline um which really is just like absolutely awesome um one of the best things amazing avenue does yeah yeah no if 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 it all ceased to exist tomorrow and it was like yep that was it amazing avenue is over i would say the best accomplishment was that fundraising tradition um that you know that alice and maggie and linda have established they've already raised thousands of dollars um i i suspect they will raise thousands more and uh the info is up on on the site and if for any reason you can't find it, just shoot us a DM, shoot us an email, whatever. Go do that. Sorry for the tangent, but no, you know, no, it's an important. It, it, it's, I, I wanted to mention it as well. Yeah. So that was that was my. I feel like a lot of times on this show there are unnatural segues, at least for me. <laughs> not, not you, but uh, I know well, no, when I talk. Me too. <laughs> yeah, but I, I can I can sometimes go like completely somewhere else in in, in my thought process. Um, but yeah, unfortunately I can't be there, but it, it should be a great event. Uh, I'll be holding will, down the fort. You will be yeah. there. Yeah. Yes. So I, I believe I have volunteered to be the guy checking vaccination cards. Nice. Okay. So, so I got the most fun job of the day. Yeah. I, I, to me, the, the most important, but yeah, well, you know, I, I, I told the ladies they have more important things to do that day. Like they have to mingle and, and be lovely hosts uh, and, you know, just make sure everyone feels comfortable and all that. And I can just, you know, sit there and say, show me your vaccination card, please. Yeah. So anyway, um, you had mentioned that, that your album you picked is just o- about an hour. And I, uh, I, I have a, a stance that most albums should be under 40 or over 90 minutes. Uh, but the one I, I picked today is just over 40. It's 45 minutes and three seconds. Um, I wouldn't cut a song from it, though. Uh, I I was I was walking around my house today, and I put on uh, a Spotify, like a shuffle playlist, and the first song that came up was David Watts by The Kinks. And I don't know if you know that song or not, Chris. If, if you don't know the song, listeners, if you like the band Spoon, they owe their entire existence to David Watts. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I say that as somebody who likes Spoon, but uh, it's, it, it's an amazing song, and I love the Kinks, and I, to me, in terms of like the British invasion bands, the Beatles are number one, the Kinks are number two for me, and uh, I'm not going to pick the album David Watts is from, although Something Else by the Kinks is a fantastic album. That album has, in my opinion, the best combination of first and last songs of all time. David Watts opens it, Waterloo Sunset closes it. A beautiful, beautiful record. But I'm going to go with 1971's Muswell Hillbillies. Muswell Hill is the name of the region that the Davis brothers are from. And so uh, the Muswell Hillbillies, it's an, it's an album very much about sort of uh, life in suburban England and sort of feeling out of step with what's happening in the world right now and sort of longing for a simpler time. The first track in the album is called 20th Century Man. And that is, that is by far the longest song on the album. And that's just about sort of feeling out of place in the modern age. But there's a number of songs that sort of have similar, uh, 
similar th- you know thoughts along those lines. There's a really beautiful song called Oklahoma USA, which is written about uh, basically I went, I, I happened to see Ray Davis do a, a solo show in the early aughts, and he said that this was um, he and his sister would watch the film Oklahoma when it was on television, or maybe going to see it, probably going to see it in a movie theater in England, and thinking that this like wild prairie land was like the the land of dreams and so it's a song about sort of wishing you lived someplace else as a kid but then the last song on the album is called muswell hillbilly and that's about sort of realizing that even though where you're from has its flaws it made you who you are so it's a really it's a really introspective album that has some silliness thrown in there's a song called have a cup of tea that um the chorus is just for christ's sakes have a cup of tea and uh, it's about sort of, again, a very British thing of like tea being this important tradition in British life. I'm somebody who's never been to England. So this is not like this is not ancestral for me in any way. I don't feel like this is speaking to my experience, the experience of my family, although I do. I do have a grandmother who was half English, but that's a whole other story. I just think it's a beautiful record. There's a lot of great guitar playing on it. My only knock on this album is that one of the nice things about the Kinks is that uh, Ray's brother Dave usually wrote and sang a song or two per album, and those tend to be among my favorite Kinks songs. But on this album, it's it's all Ray, no Dave. There's a write in the songs, but that's okay. It's still it's still a great album. Muswell Hillbillies by the Kinks. Oh, I love that record. I, I I wasn't sure how much of a Kinks guy you are. Oh yeah 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 no and that and then did that one that one stands out for me. I I don't know. I may not say it's the top Kinks record, but uh, damn, it! I don't know. It seems a little underrated to me. It is to uh, me as well, yes. You know, and uh, Oklahoma, uh, you know, hey, we uh, one of the uh, things that <laughs> was uh, near the end of the pre-COVID era was Diana and I and you, without planning ahead, saw the... The Broadway uh, revival of Oklahoma together, yeah. Yes, yeah. On the we just happened to buy tickets on the same night. Um, I want to say I, I DM'd you and was like, "Hey, I, I I can't be around to cover news tonight. I'm going to see Oklahoma." And you were like, "Wait a minute, I'm going to see Oklahoma." <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It, it was pretty much that. Um, so you know, not. Uh, I don't know. It just feels appropriate to bring that up. Absolutely, yes. With, with the song, uh, but yeah, I w- just to interject my opinion here. Uh, Alcohol and Holloway Jail, yeah, are two songs that always stood out. Uh, the The whole record is great, um, but yeah, for whatever reason, those songs always stood out to me from this one. So excellent pick. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, thank you, folks, for listening to this weird episode of a weird week of Mets baseball or Mets non baseball because we didn't even talk about the fucking games. The Mets have won four in a row. They're maybe not totally out of it. We'll see. Who knows? Until then, go to AmazingAvenue.com for more about the Mets and their weirdness. Find Amazing Avenue on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Amazing Avenue. We're uh, on all 
podcast platforms more or less just search for amazing avenue you'll find us there wherever you get your podcast from please rate review and subscribe again go support dollars for dingers to support the national domestic violence hotline a fantastic cause and a partnership that has been really wonderful for the last three years we hope to continue for a long time going chris is on twitter at chris mcshane i am on twitter at brian is an app and until next time let's go mets and clean house in the front office